if it's on your heart, don't die with regret. Just make it happen. Run with the right people. Keep your family involved. I don't want it to be one-sided with me. So make it a family affair and just uh, enjoy the ride. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us from the lovely state of Pennsylvania, we have Joe Pardo from HowToDream.co. Hey, Joe. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fabulous. How about yourself? Oh, Joe, before we get into this, I, I just real quick, you just put out a book, man. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it was a great experience. Can't wait to do it again. <laughs> so where can people check out the book? You know, people are like, I don't know, Joe, but he has a book. Let me go look at it. Uh, howtodream.co forward slash book will take you right to Amazon. It's available in uh, audio, Kindle, and physical form. Sweet. Congrats on that. And of course, joining us as always from Maui, Hawaii, our official co-host, Aloha Kamandi Constable. Aloha, Jared. So you remember the barking dogs that my neighbors had <laughs> before you bought me the mic? All too well. Uh, my neighbor next to me now has a rooster. So I closed all the doors and all the windows, so hopefully nobody hears a rooster during this recording. Well, our, our guest today is known for exotic pets, so why don't we just introduce him? <laughs> our guest today, of course, is Doc Kennedy. Doc does freelance video production at YourVideoPros.com. He also hosts the Dream Warriors podcast, which is aimed at encouraging people to fight for their dreams. His latest project is a blog podcast called Filmmakers Focus, which can be found at FilmmakersFocus.com. And it's a pleasure to have you, Doc. Welcome. Thanks, guys. So, Doc, you're in Washington State, right? Yeah, I am. I got to say that my roommate, I'm pretty sure he refers to me as an exotic pet. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you got the nickname Doc Dynasty? Yeah, exactly, Jared. Who gave me that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was your fantasy football it, it, team. It was. Game, which it I thought was. was one of the better fantasy football it was. teams. And you, and you've plugged it well. <laughs> I guess because I like it. So, all right, Doc, uh, there's no secret here. You know this is coming. What's the best concert that you have ever been to? You know, I'm not a huge concert guy, but I got two of them. One of them was Crowder, and uh, this is David Crowder band, used to be. And I, I'm going into the show thinking that it's going to be that. And I wasn't a huge fan of the David Crowder band, but I come in and it's like this bluegrass rock sound. And it's a small, intimate setting. Brandon Heath was there as well, and I really liked his stuff. So that was just an amazing show. Another one, comedy show just this last week, my buddy Jason Earls knocked it out. And uh, I love a good comedy concert as well. Oh, well said. I, and uh, let the record show, I think Joe Pardo is a fan of bluegrass. Is that right, Joe? <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of a lot of different music. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Joe, why don't you kick us off with a blank versus blank here? Doc, do you like bowling or fishing better? Well, that's tough. Uh, it depends on the day. So if it's raining out here, which it does, you know, from time to time. I'll probably go with the bowling, but if I can get that, uh, I just love fishing for the relaxation. I don't have to be out there catching the monster. I'm not opposed to that, but I just like the time of just being out in nature and just having some peace and quiet, getting away from a little bit of the hustle and bustle of the city. But I also love the environment of the bowling alley. I just, I always feel at home when I'm in a bowling alley. I don't know why. I've been bowling my whole life, so maybe that's part of it. So, Doc, you're in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And you are near a friend of the show. Well, sometimes friend of the show, Jody Mayberry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you ever bowl or fish with him? I've met up with him quite a few times. We have yet to bowl or fish. I've been trying to talk him into doing a live version of his uh, his show, Park Leaders Podcast, where he could teach me how to do some different camping stuff. 
I haven't quite sold them on that one yet. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, and wow. you guys can get on video too. Oh yeah, that's yeah. actually a really good idea. Yeah, hmm. Hmm. I, I, I think he's a little concerned about me and him out in the wilderness together. And what? <laughs> As he should yeah, be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, can you all uh, put in a good word for Doc? <laughs> I'm actually gonna message Jody. I'm putting in the show notes now. Yes, message Jody. Make so, it Do- Doc, let's do some true or false. It only takes three minutes to create a quality three-minute video. Ah, that's very false. I mean, if we're talking quality, you know. How much time are you willing to put into something? So I don't know. We've done I've done stuff that can push up to 10 plus hours easily for quality three minutes. But we're talking about what do you want it to look like? What do you want it to portray? Do you want to portray professional? Do you just want to, you know, use your phone and throw it up online? There's different aspects of that. But uh, I would definitely say on the longer end, if you want quality. So in the podcasting world, we're all pretty much familiar with the Audio Technica 2100 as a pretty mm-hmm. solid microphone just for the everyday person. So mm-hmm. for like the solopreneur that maybe makes some YouTube videos from time to time, throw some stuff on their website, like what would be a good comparable camera for them to use? For a camera? There's so many availabilities out there right now. One of my favorite goes tos actually is the iPhone 6. For a starter, it's fantastic. The quality is superb. Audio is solid and a lot of people have it already. So you're not going out and making an extra investment. You're learning with what you have. You can edit on your phone. All of the iPhone 6 come with iMovie and it's a super simple editing process. So um, I just encourage people on that route to start. Hey, Doc, it's not uncommon to see Kamanzi like standing by some amazing beach in Maui <laughs> where he's shooting like a 90 second video for Facebook <laughs> or whatever. So, I guess what advice do you have for Kamanzi when he's shooting that 90 second video with his iPhone? What app should he be using or, yeah. or what can he do to make that quick video that's intended to be less than three minutes as good as he can within reason? Well, a lot of times with the iPhone, I'll use a black and white filter that you can use through iMovie. But for Kamanzi, since he's got this beautiful backdrop, you know, he probably want to use low color and you can pop it with iMovie as well. And, uh, you know, just for something simple, it's there. It's duplicatable, which I really appreciate. I like using stuff that I know other people are going to be able to use and they have it at their access, whereas uh, they don't have to go out and spend, you know, five hundred, a thousand dollars on a different camera right now. Just learn what you can with what you have. Learn the editing process. You know, that doesn't come overnight. And really figure out if this is a road that you want to go down. Because if it's not, then why invest the extra funds? Well said. All right, so Doc, uh, you do a lot of film. We've already discussed this. And one of the movies that really is one that I watch every year or try to Mm -hmm. is It's a Wonderful Life. So finish this sentence. It's a Wonderful Life is a great movie because. Wow. It's a Wonderful Life is great because it just brings families together. You know, it's got just this. I know it's a Christmas movie. It's seen as a Christmas movie. I don't see it as a Christmas movie myself because very little of it centered around Christmas. But for me, there personally, there was a time in my life some years ago where I was in a pretty, you know, just a, a lonely place. And I was watching that movie and I heard Clarence, the guardian angel, say, you see, George, you really had a wonderful life. And that, you know, God just used that to speak to me in a way that I really needed at that time. So... Not only that, so it means a lot to me personally, but also it's just a a fantastic family film. And those aren't uh, always easy to find these days. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, Matt Ham was a guest on the show. He wrote uh, Redefining Rich, yeah. and he talks about that book, or excuse me, that movie in his book, Redefining Rich. And uh, yeah, just so many good takeaways from his wonderful life. So well said. So another blank versus blank doc is freelance versus employment. And I think I know which one you're going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? There's a place for both. And I do enjoy freelance. Right now, I'm totally freelance. That's my sole source of income. I don't have any employment. So I do have a heart for that. I like having the availability to go out and create my own check and make things happen. And even feeling the pressure of, oh boy, rent's coming up, you know, <laughs> what am I going to do here, you know? And for me, with my faith, my faith is very important to me. So just allowing God to open some doors for me and really working with him. It's just been an awesome experience. But on the other side, you know, there can be both. So you can have a job. You can have a job and freelance. You can just have the job, you know. But I would recommend for anybody, you know, if you got the opportunity just try freelance. You know, you don't have to quit your job, but I'm sure some extra money rolling in wouldn't be a bad thing. Hmm. So, Doc, in addition to being a freelancer, I also know that you do a lot of volunteer work. Hmm. Could you tell us why that's important to you and where do you like to volunteer? And is volunteering something you think all of us should do? Yeah, I don't think that uh, anyone's ever said, you know, I wish I hadn't helped with that. <laughs> you know? Unless, you know, it's totally against what they should be doing. Unless it's helping your neighbor move. <laughs> oh, come on, Jared. You don't like to help people move? Man, helping Joe moves, that's like no fun. <laughs> well, unless they're bad neighbors, then you're all for it. Joe, Joe Pardo is going to email all of us to ask to help him move. <laughs> I've been asked so many times. It's always the single guy that's asked to help move. <laughs> hey, Doc, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like to volunteer at the church I'm part of. One, because it, it's got availability for some of the gifts that God's given me to be able to use those gifts in the video production and live production. And also because I have spent five plus years working with them. And a lot of the reason that I'm even able to freelance today is because of what they've helped teach me. So for me, it's not only giving back to the Lord, but it's also giving back to something that's given so much to me. So Doc, one of the things that I admire about Taylor Swift is the way that she has differentiated herself among other artists. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, what are some things you've learned over the past year that have helped you to separate yourself from your competition? You know what? I can't stand Taylor Swift's music, but... <laughs> uh, Jared, end the, the interview. That's the wrong, that's the wrong yeah, statement. I know, we just lost Kamanzi. It's yeah, all right. We, I think we just lost the podcast. Like, but I love what she does with her fan base, you know, and I love what she does for people. She's just the real deal. She's as real as it gets with celebrities, you know. So for me, I've had a, a hard time overcoming the negativity that other video producers have sort of created because they're willing to go out and be dishonest with other clients. So I've had to work a lot with potential clients and just overcoming, you know, they got screwed on their last project. And there's a ton of examples of that. So for me, one of the biggest things that I have going for me, you know, I'm not afraid to say, you know, I'm there's probably I know there's people out there that can make something better than I can. But you're going to enjoy the experience with me. We're going to have fun. And I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you the entire way. So it was almost a year ago, Doc, that you and I first became introduced to each other. And a year since you've started Dream Warriors, what have you learned from that experience that helps you today? 
Yeah. So when I first got into podcasting, I'd started a podcast called the Dream Warriors Podcast. And my goal with that was just to interview people like all of you, which every one of you, uh, Kamanzi, Jared, and Joe, you've all been on Dream Warriors Podcast. Thank you for that. And it, my goal with that was to just encourage people to go after their dreams by sharing stories from people that are or have accomplished their dreams. I also had these visions of income and really making it count on the advertising end and, and doing some different stuff like that. That didn't pan out. And I got to a point where I was okay with that. And Dream Warriors is still active. I don't do anything consistent with it, but I still have it available to people so that I love just being able to offer different people opportunity and get their voice out there. And that's mainly what I use it for now. What it taught me, you know, when I'm doing stand-up comedy, I do stand-up on the side. And I've never been on stage and said, man, I really wish I hadn't done that. I've always learned something from it. And that's the entire experience with Dream Warriors has been, it's just been this huge learning curve so that now I'm doing a, a, I'm starting a new podcast and I know exactly what to expect and I know exactly how I need to use it to make it most beneficial, not only for myself, but for the viewers as well. Doc, Kamaki was just talking with me earlier about he recently did the TEDx talk in California mm-hmm. and how he felt when he stepped on that red carpet in the center stage and the lights were on him. And he was talking about how it was like go time mm-hmm. and kind of the, the pressure's on. So, Doc, you talk about stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this has starved the doubts. Have you ever felt like that? You're up there and everybody's looking at you. And it's like, okay, it's time to be funny. Yeah. You know, how do I turn this on? What's that like? I've never done drugs, but it's the biggest high that <laughs> I've ever had, you know? It's fantastic. And there's going to be those nights, you know, where you just totally bomb. And I've been in clubs where you've got three drunk people and that's it, you know, and that's fine. Every opportunity to be on stage is one more opportunity to take a step forward, you know, wherever that is. I've done little pizza joints, whatever, you know, just I try to get out and do some different stuff. It's been hard for me to really be consistent in stand-up because I have the podcast going and definitely my video production and filmmaking aspirations. They all have to take sort of a bigger priority right now than stand-up does for me. Because they make money. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Not that comedy doesn't either. You know, so. Have you had to deal with hecklers doing stand-up? A little bit, you know, with the drunks, but... <laughs> Other than that, not so much. Do a lot of open mics, so I don't. A lot of open mics, they don't even allow it. So haven't had to deal with it a ton, but I'm not afraid of it either. I'll just call people out. It's all right. <laughs> so you have a good perspective on quite a few things. We've heard that from the interview. What is your perspective on having the worst that could happen mindset when it comes to pursuing your dreams? Yeah, I think you definitely have to have that mindset that things are going to work out. If you don't, then why are you even going after it? Wouldn't even make sense. If you feel like the worst possibility, and I, I think this is what you're, correct me if I'm wrong, Kamanzi, but it has to be that the best is yet to come. And just believing that 100%, for me, like I said, you know, my faith is important to me. So I, I spend some time in prayer and make sure that I'm feeling in my heart that there's peace about what I'm about to pursue or what I am pursuing. And if there's not, then that's my signal that, you know, I need to step away or, uh, you know, just maybe take things in a different direction. I want to toss that one to Joe for a second. Joe, 
I mean, what's your perspective on having the what's the worst that could happen mindset? <laughs> you just got to go for it, man. <laughs> Every time you just as the kids say, you got to go ham. And, you know, you just the worst I mean, that could happen is you learn a lesson. Yeah. The worst that could happen is you shut down. You know, you go get a job or whatever. You know, the worst that could happen. I mean, to me, I've had a lot of death in my life. I've lost a lot of people in my life. And so the worst to me, it's not even that big deal anymore. I mean, it wasn't like that for me my whole life, but it is now. It's a perspective thing. So, you know, if your perspective is that the worst that could happen is your whole world crashes, then, you know, you got to deal with that. But for me, you know, it's not a big deal. So the only caveat that I would add to all this is if there's other people involved. So if you were, for example, like Chase and Dream, you know, which Doc talks about on his podcast and in his message, and you had a family and you were just one Mm -hmm. day going to go and quit your day job with no savings and no plan, that is going to be the worst that could happen. And that affects more than you. So that would be the only caveat that I would add. You'd be me and I'm still alive (laughs) a year later. But to your point, Kamandi, I mean, you, you moved out to Maui. You brought your whole family with you. And I'm sure you weighed that out. You said, what's the worst that could possibly happen with us moving to Maui? And when you weighed that out, you realized, okay, the worst possible scenario might not be that bad. And I, I've heard people say, like Ralph Cotero says, it's like, okay, you lose your job. Well, it's possible you have family who love you and would at least temporarily let you live with them and probably feed you. Like So it's not likely that you're going to be homeless or having no food. So what really is the worst case scenario to Doc's point? I don't know. I think that's an interesting uh, question. What do you think, Kamazi? Uh, yeah, I would not want to count on that. <laughs> when we moved out here to Hawaii, we didn't move till we had a very large savings because most people that move out here wash out and they wash out within the first year. So I wanted to make sure all my ducks were in a row first, so to speak. So not every duck in a row, you know, because it was hard to find a place and stuff like that. But just that I had like some kind of a backup plan in place first. Yep, that's good. All right. So, uh, Doc, let's talk real quick about Filmmaker Focus. So we mentioned that in, in the intro there. So if you'd be willing just to mention a little bit about Filmmaker Focus and then how you're using this to help build your dreams. Yeah. So Filmmaker's Focus is something that I've just put together as a... Uh, hopefully an inspirational tool for up and coming filmmakers or, or video producers. And that, you know, it's been a little tricky with the name because I'm, I'm doing so much in video production and a lot of my thinking is there right now. So it's not exactly filmmaking, you know, which might throw some guys off, but it's just geared at people that want to take that step forward. And for me using the podcast, it's a great way for me to connect with people that I might not otherwise have the chance to connect with. Also, I'm taking a different spin on things and I'm giving people a little bit different view of what might make them a better filmmaker, which would also make them a better person. So there's a lot of leadership, a lot of uh, just uh, diving into, you know, do I go into debt or do I try to do it debt free? Stuff like that. I'm trying to give them different avenues to think about besides just the nuts and bolts. As a filmmaker or a person that appreciates video, do you have a favorite YouTube channel? That you watch? Yeah, Filmmaker Doc. <laughs> uh, is that yours? That's mine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. You know what, I like a lot of the late night stuff, so I'll just watch clips. And I don't have anybody in mind that's doing video production. I do like Philip Bloom's stuff quite a bit. He's a filmmaker out of England. He recently did a, a documentary on his father that was just very simple. And it's gotten huge accolades. So I do enjoy following his stuff. 
Now, Doc, we all know how important small goals are and setting those small goals. But how important is it to you to celebrate small victories? Uh, Yeah, it's important. I used to be the other way, you know, where it was all or nothing. And so, you know, you're fighting your way through all this stuff. And I didn't recognize it, but, you know, I'm getting these small wins along the way. Even the fact that I was able to leave a job and become solely freelance. I mean, that's a win in itself. You know, I don't have to be making the epic movie right now to celebrate what's going on in my life right at this moment, you know. So I'm really trying to make a better focus in my life to celebrate every day a lot better than I have in the past and not just look at the big picture, but just look at the little blessings that are every day. You know, I have great conversations, you know, three hours with Joe the other day. You know, that's a great time (laughs) for me. I'm learning from Joe. We're getting to build this uh, relationship and friendships and relationships are what it's all about to me. So that's why with Filmmakers Focus, you know, I'm, I'm doing things a little bit different than they might see somewhere else. Because to me, it's all about the relationships. It's not about the movie, you know, or whatever it may be. Mozzie was recently in California and he celebrated Chipotle. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. GMO <laughs> free. A lot to celebrate yeah. there. Big time. <laughs> Woo! For my Starve the Delts friends, the backstory is that there is no Chipotles in Hawaii at all. Like, not even on Oahu, Jared, which I didn't even know. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but so it's been 14 months since I had Chipotle. So when I went oh. to California, that was the first thing that I did was got off the Tore plane, got the hotel room, oh, walked man. over to Chipotle's. Yeah. Man, do you got to change that, man. Did they franchise, right? I thought about that, and I also thought about <laughs> In-N-Out Burger, which I had in California. Yeah. I've never had that, and that was just like, man, my mouth is watering thinking about it. It was so good. good. It's real yeah. good. <laughs> Kamaji was a vegetarian when he first started Start the Doubt, so I feel like this show has brought him down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're making him, him better. Yes. <laughs> we just got a, a Chick-fil-A in Tacoma, and this is like two weeks ago. It opened up, and it still lined up down the street. You know, it's causing it traffic jams. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Doc, give us some advice for aspiring filmmakers or entrepreneurs. Yeah, uh, I liked what you said earlier, Kamanzi. You know, you got to be smart about what you're doing. Consider other people that might be involved. You know, for the single guy, it's easy to just go, hey, just go for it. But yeah, there are always other people involved. But, you know, if it's on your heart, if it's something that you know you need to do, then just do it. You know, I'm not like other people. I hear people say, you know, I've got no regrets, life of no regrets. You know, everything's made me who I am today. And I get that. But, man, I, I got a lot of regrets. There's a lot of stupid stuff I've done in my life. And there's going to be more down the road. And I, I've learned to forgive myself pretty quick. But, you know, I, I just encourage people to just give it a shot. Because, you know, like you said, Kamanzi, what's the worst that can happen? You don't want to have that life of what ifs. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll testify to that because as anybody who's heard my story knows, you know, my father died at 54 and he died with all that regret in his heart. You know, the last few conversations we had, and they, we've only had a few conversations. The last few was, you know, I wish I was there for your brother and you. I wish I had traveled more. I wish I had done this. And he died with all those things on his heart. So like a life of no regrets, I don't think anybody lives a life of no regrets. And I definitely think you have to, like Doc said, have some grace, forgive yourself, but then, you know, do something about it, especially kind of like the bigger things. So, you know, Doc wanted to be a filmmaker. What if he was still stuck in a cubicle somewhere? 
dreaming about making films, you know, or me traveling Hawaii or Jared doing podcasting movement or Joe with this book. If we wouldn't have done those things, you know, that would be, I don't even know if we'd be sitting here talking. Sure. Well, I think also though, I have learned that my identity isn't wrapped up in filmmaking. So if I don't get to make a movie, which that's always been my goal is to do a feature length film, a narrative, just a regular movie that I might enjoy. It's not going to be the end all if that doesn't happen. Because my identity is not going to be wrapped up in my work, whatever my work is. I can't allow that, you know, and, and I've grown in my faith and just the relationships I have with other people, just realizing that what's important, you know, and just uh, rolling with that. Yeah, but I, I love how Kamanzi teaches as well. You know, you don't put your identity in that, but also you don't live a life of mediocrity. Yeah. You can still go for your dream. And, oh, yeah. and that's why I love shows like Dream Warriors and How to Dream and just really appreciate you guys. So as we start to wrap up, Doc, who is doing something that interests you? Oh, I love what Joe's got going on. <laughs> He's got so many projects, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. So just Google Joe Pardo. I'm sure you'll find plenty of stuff. Let me see here. Uh, another guy that I really, really am uh, intrigued with is Jeff Woods. He's got the Mentee podcast and just some really, really neat guests on there. And one of the subjects that's near and dear to my heart is mentorship. I've got close mentors in my life. They mean a lot to me. They've helped me get to where I am. So I'm very big advocate of that. I thought the name of the show was Mentee. So I was like, that's a, a breath mint <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had my Mentee this morning. All right, fair There's enough. plenty of sponsorship <laughs> options with that. <laughs> yeah, hey, there you go. Doc, what's the best place people can uh, connect with you at? Uh, you can uh, connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Filmmakers Focus is on all three of those. Your Video Pros on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Filmmakers Focus, yeah. So, whatever. You can find me. Just Google Doc Kennedy. You'll find me. All right, Doc. This is your chance to shine. Give us the final thoughts for the listeners. Fail. (laughs) (laughs) Final thought. Brain fart. That's good. Yeah, just... Yeah, you know, going back to the whole uh, going after your dream thing, you know, if it's on your heart, don't die with regret. Just make it happen. Run with the right people. Keep your family involved. You know, one of my dreams is to one day be married and have my wife right beside me enjoying the same stuff that I'm doing. I don't want it to be one sided with me. So make it a family affair and just uh, enjoy the ride. Doc, we really appreciate all that you're up to and wish you the absolute best. Uh, of course, people can check out what you're up to at filmmakersfocus.com and yourvideopros.com, just a couple places. Can I, and if, Can I throw in one more thing, Jared? Yeah, yeah, go so ahead, please do. I've been listening to Starve the Doubt for a couple years now, and I've been listening to Starve the Doubt since before I started podcasting, and this truly is a dream come true for me. So thank you very much. Well, my pleasure, Doc, and it's an honor to have you on. And yeah, we, we want to continue to encourage people to dream big. So it's an honor to have you on the show today. So best wishes to you and everything you're up to. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. No, you got to be smart about what you're doing. Consider other people that might be involved. You know, for the single guy, it's easy to just go, hey, just go for it. But yeah, there are always other people involved. But, you know, if it's on your heart, if it's something that you know you need to do, then just do it. 
Podcast Movement 2015 is coming to Texas this summer, and we want you to be there. Join over 1,000 current and aspiring podcasters at the world's largest podcaster conference. Featuring Sarah Koenig of Serial, Roman Mars of 99% Invisible, Pat Flynn, Aisha Tyler, Lou Mangello, John Lee Dumas, and over 50 other speakers. All that's missing is you. Learn more and register now at podcastmovement.com. 